five, four, three, two, one. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles that we never could. Welcome to the journey through infinity. My name is Jennifer Smith. I'm here with the quarantine crew, Justin and Tim and Scott. How are you guys? Quarantine. Yep. Sucks. Four yes. walls. Very isolated. <laughs> None of you are essential. No, I am essential. Oh, is that right? Yes, it is. Unfortunately, I so, well, unfortunately, we're just um, still somehow working from home. Essential. I guess. Right. Uh, technically, we're essential, just not essential enough to have to drive anywhere. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Whatever you got. I did establish. Know. I did establish. I still knew how to drive uh, today when I mm. briefly left my for the first time. It is weird. A week and a half. <laughs> I've had the, this extra layer of fucked up time because I had that stomach bug. So like, I've actually been quarantined about a week longer than most people. I feel like so I'm really like all out of practice. That's I did drive true. tonight and I went the wrong way to go pick up dinner. I forgot where I was going. And, <laughs> The whole thing was screwed up. Like I've, I think, God, was it only like if you told me it was a month and a half ago, or three weeks, or a week ago that I had that stomach? I wouldn't even know what to tell you. I think it was three weeks ago. Tonight, tonight. it was actually a year ago. So uh, <laughs> it was fourteen years ago. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. What a stupid fucking timeline this all is. Uh, I got sad when I walked to the mailbox today and I walked by my beautiful Cadillac sitting in my driveway and it's just covered with shit from the tree. Just like bird shit on it, like leaves everywhere. And, you know, my baby's just rotting in my driveway. And Mama needs to drive her Cadillac. Come I on. do. Yeah, I need, to, I need to at least wash it, I guess. Um, yeah, usually I go through the car wash start. for that. I actually did go through the car wash like earlier this week. But... Hey, that's touchless, right? That's yeah, that's it is. It's, uh, it's dist- contact. <laughs> Not to talk to anyone, just talk to the robot that takes your money. I I talked to the robot at length. Yes, it was very lonely. We had a right. very in depth discussion about washing my car. But you can always go through your local strip club, which they should be doing car washes in the parking lot mm-hmm. by now. Mm-hmm. Um which I think it's probably better genius. for them, honestly. Right. They're probably getting tipped and they don't yeah. have to get touched. I mean, I think it's smart, honestly. Mm-hmm. So do what Teasers does in Wicksburg, Alabama, and get those strippers to work. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you guys say it uh, robot or robot? <laughs> Who says robot? I've heard robot from people like in the Northeast. I feel Come like that's a Northeast <laughs> thing. I, I'm, I'm not trying to put that on you, but I had to ask the question. 
No. Oh, we heard no. Robot on Futurama. Robot. Not even close. <laughs> See? Yeah, you can hear it on Futurama. So, I'm talking about robots because we're talking about a movie about a person who isn't a robot, but is sort is. of close. Kind of a robot. His name is Tony what Stark. Yes. Yeah. He is he's mostly man with uh, some machinery in there to help him um, not die from the shrapnel in his mm. chest. So that's where we're picking up on this journey. What are we on? Seven movies in now? We're on Iron Man 7. No. Iron Man 7, uh, yes. It is the seven. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I guess we're seven entries into the journey through infinity. Look mm. at us. Which I all throw it off, by the way. Like, I'm obviously watching, I'm ahead of this, but I haven't been able to go to the gym, and I just can't yeah. find to, like, sit here and watch it on TV. Like, I'm all fucked up. I'm halfway through one of the movies. I got, I'm, I only got like three or four left. I'm close, but I'm just all. Because that was your, your routine, yeah. right? You would watch these at the gym, mm-hmm. and you are not going to the gym now. That's right. So, man. what are you doing, Disney? Just trying to bring the folks up to speed at home, you know, yeah. that, that might not be following. It's real long. tough for Justin to sit on the couch and watch a movie, is what he's saying. Well, uh, it's I, a time thing. It's like, um, if we're watching shows with my wife or after, mm-hmm. I'm watching stuff to prep for podcasts, and then I'm really tired. Like, almost last night, I almost finished the one I'm on, but like, I just don't ever have that, like, hour block to sit and watch it. And I guess I could do, like, do the gym and just watch it in pieces, but I don't know. I'll get there. <laughs> As this becomes our life for the next year and a half, I'll get there eventually. Oh, God. <laughs> Luckily, you're at the end, so not not too much more left for you. Right. right. <laughs> well, I got so plenty of time Iron now Man. anyway because Black Widow got pushed back now. So yeah. my goal is uh, yeah. It kind of bought you some time. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is Iron Man three. Now, why don't the Iron Man films, the sequels, have subtitles like the other? Mm. Like Thor is, you don't get Thor two. You know, you get Thor. The Dark World. You don't get Captain America too. You get Captain America, Winter Soldier. With a, mm. it's got a cool colon such and such after it. Iron Man is just Iron Man. Iron Man two. Iron Man three. I don't know. It feels a little. They Maybe didn't really. Uh, did Marvel go all Vince and just start hating numbers? <laughs> um, uh, they go back and forth. I have a. I think. Uh, you know, it's funny that you bring that up, Tim, because I think this movie is a prime example of what is what is going to happen. We'll expound on it as the show progresses, but I feel like the third of all three of the trilogies, and we'll get to obviously the other two down the line, but they all humanize uh, the, the main characters. And Tony's movies are about him, whereas Cap's movies and Thor's movies are about the plot. You know what I'm saying? Like That's Iron Man was about fair. him. Yeah. Iron Man mm-hmm. 2 was about him, even though there was stuff going on. And this one's about him. This one in particular is about him. Well, he's well, a much stronger it... character than the rest of them. Let's just be honest. Uh, and there's an no, interesting, like I, I have this, I do have this noted later, like the, the trend with like Captain America, where it seems like they don't feel he can do his own <laughs> own thing at all. Like it's like all his shit is tied in with like other stuff yep. and other appearances. There's, yeah, Iron Man, you don't really get. Like the cameo, some of the other superheroes. Whereas mm-hmm. in the other ones, you feel like you usually get at least one in there somewhere. Well, it's honestly, his movies were all early on in the process, whereas right. you know, right. later trilogy stretch out later on too. Sorry, and even being the the cap stand that I am over here, I'm not even going to dispute that point that Tony is just kind of the stronger character, just 
personality wise. And he was the first, he's the one we've spent the most time with. Uh, and he's just, he just explodes off the screen. Right. So it's easy to do very character centered types of stories with them. And yeah, I would agree with your point, Scott cap and Thor are more, uh, plot focused, very, they want to move things forward outside of those kind of stem Avengers mm-hmm. movies. And I, I don't know, to some extent with not to get ahead of ourselves with that third Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, I think is very actually similar mm-hmm. to Iron Man three structurally. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But it is, it does have a lot in terms of just plot elements that are major, major developments for not just the character, but the universe as a whole. And, and you don't get that with, with this. And it's all off world too. So it, it gets very cosmic very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just feels different, but yeah. Um, so this movie was not directed by John Favreau. Unlike the other right. two movies. This is a Shane Black movie. How we feel about Shane Black movies. Are we a fan? I'm a fan. I am too. Uh, so he wrote Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2, uh, Last Action Hero, great underrated movie. Arnold movie. That's so good. Um, Last oh, Hill. God. Um, Monster Long Squad. Kiss. The movie was awesome. Yeah, he wrote Monster Squad. Um, Monster directorial Squad. debut, writ, wrote and directed Long Kiss Goodnight. How I about love that? that movie. It's so good. I want to. I need to rewatch that. So kiss kiss yeah. bang bang. So it's, this that isn't even too. his first Downey yeah. film, right? So wow, a lot of kiss movies there. Um, <laughs> whole two. So yeah, I, I'm definitely into his filmography, and it's a shame to lose John Favreau here. I, I think there is maybe just an issue with money; they couldn't make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got to, uh, I don't know, not so much a name director but somebody who um again has a particular style and that's something that we've talked about how the franchise has gotten away from mm-hmm. in more recent years but we still see it here in 2013 this is our follow-up to the avengers and there's a lot there's a lot in terms of expectations this summer right. you know this movie I feel like what Shane Black was probably tapped by Robert Downey Jr. I feel like he probably had something to do with that. <laughs> you it know, wouldn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, know, keep it in his circle. Yeah, I agree. Um, so this this film opens with um, a voiceover, which is different, and a flashback. Flashback. To, um, party in like it's 1999 in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, we got old Playboy. <laughs> old Playboy. Um, Tony, which I mm-hmm. particularly enjoy <laughs> um, watching him mack on chicks because he does it so effortlessly. Um, and she's just charmed and thrilled to be part of it. Um, right. I can't blame her for that. Um, he's just like pretty much like, yeah, yeah, um, we're going to go upstairs. Fuck now. And she's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> she turns out to be not quite so easy, though. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. A little bit of a and this is there. the character is Maya Hansen, uh, who is like a research scientist played by Rebecca Hall, who I'm not really familiar with. Like, what else has she done? I like her. I've seen um, a couple of things that she's done. She did um, the town with Ben Affleck for sure. Um, oh, 
Um, I know she did a movie with, oh, shit, Professor X, the young Professor X. Oh, God, what's his name? James McAvoy? Yeah, him. James McAvoy. Um, in a movie that I really liked. She did. She was in Frost Nixon. She was in uh, Dorian Gray. She's pretty good, though. Yeah. And I like her in this. Mm-hmm. I do, too. And I like that uh, reminder of what Tony came from. Like we're used to, we've gotten used to now Tony as the hero Mm -hmm. and this is Tony, the playboy. So I know that that got you going and it was fun just seeing that setting that flashback to the 1999 party. He's just kind of a douchebag, um, brilliant as ever, but just not really interested in whatever this scientific conference is. (laughs) Why did he even go there? You know, I mean, I'm just like, why is he even there? Made an appearance, had to, who knows? But uh, so she's working on this something called um, Extremis, Mm -hmm. which is a a regenerative treatment. So a very radical new medical technology, I guess, where like she is testing it on on plants, and you see this plant like spontaneously regrow a limb that's been ripped off and you can apply that to humans potentially people who have lost limbs and been terribly injured or you know suffered some kind of physical trauma mm-hmm. uh, but it's unstable it um, tends to blow up apparently yeah I can't have so that. that's that's kind of a problem um, yeah so that's what we're working with we establish that we meet also <laughs> the wonderfully named Aldrich, Aldrich Killian. <laughs> what a I wonder name. if he's going to be a villain later. I wonder with a name like it's that. It's very weird. Um, but, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, pretty well played because Guy Pierce is not an unattractive mm-hmm. person. And then, you know, <laughs> when Tony first meets him, he's... Um, <laughs> Pretty fucked He's up. He reminded me of the guy from uh, something about Mary, the pizza delivery guy. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah. That's pretty good. If that guy was a Jew, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we think of uh, Guy Pierce's evolution here as Aldrich Killian throughout the movie? So he starts off this very meek. Um, uh, let's say physically compromised, um, nice, nevish, nevishy scientist, and gets stood up by Tony. Yeah, Tony. You feel, him. I mean, you kind of feel bad for the guy, but at the same time, yeah. he was so annoying that you're just you're like, oh, he's not getting it. You know, <laughs> it was very uh, douchey. Sad though. No, I mean, him on the roof was sad. It was, it was like Michael Scott had to wait for his friends to come. <laughs> <laughs> Freezing his ass off, waiting for his date. He stands him up, basically. And that's Tony. Yeah, that's Tony. And back in the day, you're 1999. So yeah, he um he makes quite the transformation later in the film, and uh, really impresses Pepper Potts, the returning Gwyneth Paltrow, and Extremis is kind of like Goop, right? For, for miracle. <laughs> miracle what is it cosmetic beauty product could be could be 
about as legit, right? I don't know, Jenny. You're into pyramid schemes. Oh, I am. Yes. Are you into pyramid schemes? Okay. <clears throat> I have benefited from a pyramid scheme or two. I'll just say, not financially at all, but uh, no? from products. But Let's see. Um, also, so we get that flashback, and then we get to see one of the things that I love the most about Tony, which secondary to him being a douchebag and picking up chicks, is in his lab with his suits, and he is doing mm. this cool thing where he's making all of his pieces fly to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. In a very cool sequence. A little bit CGI, like it not, it doesn't super stand up, like especially towards the end of that, when it, the faceplate comes, and like, you know, and he does a little flip and he catches it, you know. So it, I mean, it looks cool, but. Yeah, the hero shot. Yeah, yeah the hero shot. It's still, um, it looks great and I still love it, but yeah, it does look super fake. <laughs> <laughs> and he's bored, got PTSD, kind of like us right now. So yeah. if anyone wants to go invent some <laughs> yes. suits like Iron Man. Yes, that's what you should do with your free time, mm. become Iron Man. Okay. Lovely. That, that is an interesting it is an interesting angle though to explore with this character who we've seen as so macho, so full of himself, mm-hmm. uh, just above it all. And after his experience and Avengers, you know, flying through the giant butthole in the sky <laughs> and seeing some aliens, seeing some God knows what almost dying. And now he's feeling very, very vulnerable mm-hmm. all of a sudden and very mortal. And, and uh, dealing with this bra that won't leave him alone. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. That, I thought that was a good take on it. I haven't seen him have a manager relationship on top of all that. Because he hasn't really gave a shit in the past, right? He's just mm-hmm. kind of been like, whatever, it does what he wants. So now it's not only he's got these mental issues that he hasn't had before he's dealing with, his heart may explode at any time. <laughs> and he's also uh, now has um, you know a female in his life to, to care about and focus on. Yeah, they're in a committed relationship now, like fully. Which I guess they have been, but you know this this is the first movie we've seen where it's it's like really going hard on that with the two of them, and this is set at Christmas time as many Shane Black films are, mm-hmm. even yeah, though like yeah. it was you know released in like May, but whatever, <laughs> fine. Still watch it at Christmas works. Mm. Yeah, I like um, the Christmas aspect of it. I thought that was a different theme that we haven't had yet in this world. Um, mm-hmm. Mm, I agree. You wouldn't expect that to come up, so I was I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I agree with that. I also liked when uh, one of the kids is trying to get his autograph or whatever, and he said he liked him in the Christmas story. That was, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, the, the little kids, a little side story that we get here with the kids. Um, so I don't know the stuff with the with the armor. It reminds me, as the geeky comics fan that I am. Uh, of a the modular armor that he had in the nineties, but yeah, this, I thought of that too. Yeah, where it just kind of assembles itself, and you can do all this. It's sort of self-powered, and like we haven't seen that before, and it's not that much of a stretch mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. But the extremis aspect comes from a specific story arc from the two thousands. Written by Warren Ellis, who I think the president in this movie is named after. So we get President Ellis, <laughs> and the creator of one of the major driving plot elements here. So we get those little 
Easter eggs for uh, for the fans. Extremist was um, one of the only Iron Man runs that I've read. I read that. In oh, a, have you really? I read that in a um, in a collection or whatever. Okay, yeah. What do you think? uh, The movie version is way better, um, just because Iron Man comics are not. They're not great. Not great. Not going to lie. Yeah. Much better, much better film character than comics character. Yes. I would say that about current. I would say that about Iron, not to go off the path, but I would say that about Iron Man maybe in the last probably 15 years. I think the original Iron Man stuff in this, like if you ever read the the Silver Age stuff in the '60s into the mid '70s, I think is as excellent. But I do feel like he got drier as time progressed, and everybody else kind of didn't in, in the mm-hmm. Avengers. So I, particularly Thor, so in, in the books, not in the movies, obviously. So yeah. I agree with you that that I think the the movie kind of made because I read the Extremist story too, and and I think that uh, it um, definitely looked better on screen um with sound effects and kind of that that kind of imagination of of media rather than on the page on the page the story of the plot itself is great uh in the book it just didn't it wasn't very flower it wasn't very um i don't say flowery it just didn't have that extra something that another that other marvel stories did in that didn't stretch pop. yeah it was very technical um, yeah yes, i think that's definitely. yeah it is te- well because i mean tony's the one Avenger, who's uh, for the most part is machine. I mean, not him, but his mm-hmm. strength is the machine. Mm-hmm. So, um, but uh, I want to go back a minute, Tim, because you had asked about Guy Pierce, and I want to take my time mm-hmm. to make sure I trash him properly because what? I trash him. I wow. absolutely hate Guy Pierce. I hate him. Awesome. Why? I hate almost. I hate almost every movie. I think he's a lousy actor. I don't like his smile. You're ridiculous. I think, he was a, <laughs> I, sir? Like his smile. I think he's a. I think he's a. And after the greatness of Sam Rockwell in the second one, he seemed very low rent, which is funny because mm. he was the actual villain in this one, whereas Sam Rockwell in the second one was a patsy to the. Real I thought he, villain. I thought he felt like a blend of the two villains from the last one, like Mickey yeah. Rourke and, and yeah. like it was like a combo of the two of them. Yeah, no, Physically he definitely was a. He was definitely a, 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 had a bigger role. I just think I mean Sam Rockwell's just awesome, and I'm just I just think Guy Pierce is average. So I, I, he didn't do really anything for me, but that's that's par for the course for most of the villains in this movie and most of the villain element in this movie that aggravated me. But um, uh, this, and then we'll talk about it more, Tim, as we go. And guys, we go ahead. But this was the most downy-ish of the three movies. Yes, I think he worked hardest. Yeah, yeah I will I say that he worked hardest on this one than he did in the first. No, I should say. How do I word it? His his effort showed more in this one than in the first two because the first two had awesome bad guys and awesome other stuff. Whereas this one, everything around him was not that great. Mm. And I think he had to carry it more than he did in the first two. Mm. We'll get more into that as we move ahead. It's, it's interesting you bring that up because on the DVD, which I watched not too long ago, uh, there's some behind-the-scenes stuff. And I don't spend a lot of time with those things, but I was like, yeah take a look and it seemed like he was almost co-directing a lot of this stuff like he was right. calling cut and a lot of these scenes it just it was kind of, it did feel like he asserted and i don't know maybe that's just how he works and that's not any different from really any other movie but certainly i don't remember seeing stuff like that on 
the other Iron Man films or Avengers or anything that he's in. Um, and, they, and they didn't really call attention to it. It was just, uh, you know, here's how we filmed such and such. And it would show him like very front and center, just directing himself, kind of, like I said, calling the shots, so to speak. Um, directing maybe himself. Okay. Yeah, maybe he kind of, mm-hmm. that's how he works with Shane Black. So Yeah, probably. It, well, that that's probably why through. it's my most favorite Iron Man film. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I bring up the comics because there is one very major uh, deviation from yeah. the source material. That being this character, the Mandarin. So we're... Oh, boy. Yeah, introduced to this threat of a very intimidating-looking figure um, who makes very provocative statements, and then there's a terrorist act that he claims credit for, and it's like, who is the Mandarin? He's going to be propelling uh, a lot of the story here, we think. He shoots all and, these uh, uh, like very creepy promos. And mm-hmm. releases them and, you know, makes you very anxious. And seems very legit, right? Yeah, You're yeah, he's totally out there bombing people. Like, and he Kind of all in on this Mandarin, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I was excited I knew who the Mandarin was because that was one of the few comics I had read, um, my brief Marvel no limited subscription. So when they said Mandarin, I'm like, I know that guy. From the old one. Yeah. What did you... What, it's not the same. How would you compare... <laughs> not the same guy as I remember. <laughs> the old uh, man of Asian descent that was the manner in the other one, I believe. Very but racist, I believe. He was very racist, yeah. For. He is quite a racist caricature, his, his comic's origin. Uh, yeah, I remember rereading some of that for uh, Marvel Age. Cheap plug there. Organic plug, though. Good job. I will say. Myself. Um... Uh, they don't hold up super well, not going to lie. Um, well, but... you guys, was there, like, pushback on them? Just keep, like, did they have to keep the Mandarin name just because they wanted to mirror the comics? Or, I mean, could they have given a different name so they didn't have that connotation? I, they should have changed no. it because they sucked at it. That's no. why. <laughs> no. Had nothing to do I with mean... the connotation. They it was garbage. That's really, it's, they shouldn't have done it at all, to be honest with you. But that's just, Well, I mean, the, the way they used the character here to me is fine, but I just meant the name. Like, could they have just made no. up a new character? No. What I think happened was, I mean... Well, they could have, because he was an... I mean, you could invent one and never use the Mandarin. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, then why bother? I mean, yeah, I guess. You could do anything. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Like, why use it if I had these weird connotations and wasn't really well if you're gonna well, if, well, he's then, a classic well, then what you're gonna villain. do is, is you can take every villain from the 50s and 60s and 40s and just eliminate them off the face of the earth because that's really what people were writing about back then the red menace you know the 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 evil I know, but this one in particular just well, i know the, the name and the connotation had issues and, iron man doesn't have many mm-hmm. top tier villains anyway so they're you really just create a new one though yeah yeah but they wanted to pull they the should. the nerds in so, Guy Pierce. so yeah. you're not going to watch if they made up a fake character? I mean, this isn't like the I mean, other I one am, anyway. But... They just gave a different name. Like that. If you're a nerd to the point that you need to have an actual villain, aren't you going to be turned off when the villain's not like the villain anyway? 
yes, that happened. <laughs> like, that extremely happened. happened. <laughs> they just gave like, a new name. And no they fucked up. Like, you know? they they were trying Here's to swerve, thing. and it blew up in their faces for a yeah, pretty much. majority of the people, but not for Well, here's the thing. I mean, the Mandarin has a very shaky foundation, mm-hmm. but it's still a character that's in circulation in comics today. I mean, he's still, like, a major Iron Man villain. Doesn't get dusted off, used a whole lot, but they don't, like pretending never existed or anything like they still do interesting stories with that character and, and kind of acknowledge the fucked up parts uh in his backstory so i mean it's not even so much the name or like there's many different interpretations different spins you can put on that character you can have this guy um who has like the 10 magic rings basically i mean that's the gimmick with comic um and you know that can work pretty well just in the sense of having a formidable you know fight scenes he can hold his own against a character like iron man who's gotten pretty powered up over the course of these three films and the avengers um but they obviously did not want to do that like i think what happened was in the development of this film um they looked at what are our options. Okay, the one we haven't done yet is the Mandarin. He's like the big bad, but there's a lot of really problematic elements there. We can't do a straight, you know, comics adaptation of this character. But they went way, way, way off in a different direction. And I don't even think, honestly, like Jenny, you said it, it was met with a lot of blowback from fans, and it was. Yep. Um, for me personally, I was like, I didn't care about that. I mean, me I don't care about that character. I'm like, he's never been a favorite of mine. And I kind of like the swerve that they took because, Mm. I mean, I I like when these films deviate from the source material in ways that are still cool and fun and and internally consistent to, Mm -hmm. you know, the film series. And as long as it makes sense, I'm going to be down for it. I think... Mm. That's a nice way, actually, of leveling the playing field in terms of expectations and knowledge of the audience coming in. Like, you think you're a smart fan, essentially, right? When you are mm-hmm. you read the comics, you know the characters, you hear Mandarin, you're like, oh, here's what that's going to be. And your buddy sitting next to you who's never read the first Iron Man comic in his life is just sort of watching the movie. And now, all of a sudden, <laughs> y'all are on a level playing field, you know? Mm-hmm. And I kind of appreciate that. I do. Um, so that's not actually an element from this film that that I had an issue with. Um, with that said, uh, what did you guys make of it? I hated it. Why? Okay, it sucked. Why? Because I like the Mandarin. He's a great villain. He's Iron Man's really only legit villain. And if you're not going to use it the way that it was meant to be used, like the other villains that this series gets, then don't bother. Using it as a puppet for this other bad guy, I thought was kind of stupid, to be honest. I don't disagree with you, Tim, in the philosophy of of tweaking things for the movies, but this, when, when you're talking about legitimately, like, Cap's got a decent amount of bad guys, Thor's got a decent amount of bad, well, Thor's bad guys go up and down, and we'll talk about that with our next installment. Um, but like the man, like Iron Man, kind of bounced around with bad guys in his history. But the Mandarin was like his Joker, his 
Lex Luthor, his, and um, to use it as a prop for another bad guy was fucking stupid. Uh, that's just my opinion. And if you're gonna go, and, and if we're if we're splitting if we're if we're splitting the difference here and talking about that the Mandarin as a villain is culturally. I don't say insensitive, but not fitting, then that takes up half the fucking villains in this whole this whole thing, other than Thanos. So, if you're gonna not if you're not gonna use him because of that, then fine. Then you could then get rid of the whole Nazi element of Cap and get rid of all the other stuff because that's all in, insensitive. But if you're gonna if you're just gonna use him as a puppet because you got to throw him in there because Iron Man fans will be like, we want the Mandarin, but instead of giving us the actual Mandarin, you're going to give us an, a great wasted performance by Ben Kingsley just because you want him in there. That's insulting some like me. I, I don't feel like his performance was wasted at all. I thought that what he did was really good. Um, and he really played his part really well, like both in the movie and the promos within the movie, you know, like, he is a talented actor on both levels. He's an actor playing a pretty good actor. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. that is, I do think that's impressive. I do also see the point that I was pretty on board <laughs> with that Ben Kingsley Mandarin um, with the little promos he gave and stuff. Yeah. So they did have something there. It, it's funny because they seem to be developing the character in a different direction. One that would have worked. And then they said, nope, just kidding. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, I guess part of me respects and just admires um, the balls that they had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally see Scott's point, too. Like, it's very subjective. If this had been, like, I, I, as all in on Cap as I am and, and Cap's supporting characters and his rogues gallery, like, if they did this with Red Skull, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> like, I'm not going <laughs> to pretend otherwise. It's, it's just that I don't care that much about Iron Man and his character so you know I made my peace with it very easily that said it's it is a little frustrating that clearly they they did have something if they wanted to go in that more just serious legitimate direction and I sort of have a feeling John Favreau would have done that if he stuck around mm. and it just it didn't survive you know, whatever draft of the script right. that that was. Well, you can't have a big showdown at the end between the Mandarin and Iron Man because they just, they're not going to fight each other. That's, you know, not feasible. You can if you give them 10 magic rings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we got to do magic, magic rings. Okay, I mean, it'd be, she- really it'd be CGI to fucking death. I mean, yeah. I, you read a they're- ton of, uh, of whether it's the 60s, animated series of the books or whatever i mean you'd have to cgi the shit out of it or whatever kind of situation um you put i mean you could invent a i mean you could invent a country that the mandarin hangs on i mean wakanda's sort of invented so i mean you could kind of invent some strange faraway place or whatever i mean i i get get the point i mean i mean it's you know you can invent invent a fucking castle doom this way you get to do it both ways you get to have that Mm. menacing element from the mandarin and you know comic book accurate and then you get to have the big showdown with a physical threat and killage so what do you think justin what do you think about the swerve 
it didn't bother me. I didn't have any childlike attachment to these characters. So to me, it was like, I, I, if I hadn't read that one comic, I wouldn't have even known. So it wouldn't really even been like, I wouldn't even realize that, oh, they're doing this to this character that existed before. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was well done. I, I, th- I liked it. Because uh, it, it almost felt so over the top, the Manhurn character in a way, uh, with those videos he was doing. Like, it just felt so Bin Laden y and like mm-hmm. derivative mm-hmm. that, like, I was actually kind of relieved in a way that it was deeper than that and not just like, oh, okay, they're just doing like a Bin yeah. Laden thing where this guy's just giving these Al Qaeda videos and murdering people. <laughs> um, right. But. Uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was good. Uh, his young boy was pretty intense that he had with him. His young boy? <laughs> that guy was uh, fired up. I'm familiar with this young boy idea. <laughs> I also like Happy as a security guard. Yes, uh, as a, as a head too. security, I should say. That was good. And um, Yeah, Favreau's still in it. He's still yeah, in he's there. He's not making it. He so. almost dies. Yes. The, um, the, manor, the manor name, though, to me, is not as offensive as Iron Patriot. Uh, which I found yes. to be uh, sounded like a, a global wrestling name um, for us. <laughs> like the from War Machine that, to yeah. Iron Patriot. War Machine was better. I know why yeah. they. I get like you know they give the explanation why they did yeah. it because it sounded more friendly or whatever, which is funny. But I don't know. This is kind of goofy. I'm glad they kind of played in jest, so it's good. So yeah, ha- that go ahead. That armor lifted from the comics too, but not so much from that extremist storyline so i think they just they liked the aesthetic they liked the look of it and wanted to get it into the movie somehow which i can appreciate and i mean it was not done the same way in the comics but it was still like this is you know this is a bullshit farce like not to be taken seriously sort of deal so good stuff there Happy a uh, little bit of fridging action going on here where he is uh he gets hurt and uh that's what get iron gets Tony into the fight with the Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So um he tells the Mandarin his fucking address and says, <laughs> How about you come? How about it? And mm-hmm. which is uh, you know, very, very smart of him to do that. Very bold. Extremely bold. Um, and then his house gets blown the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that was sad. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, that entire uh, sequence yeah. is just amazing. Like it was really well done with the, all yeah. the ships coming in and just destroying it. That was that was a really good. Like we've seen great fight scenes, but that was a good. It wasn't really a fight per se, but just it was really well done. Yeah. Like yeah, and he puts he gets the armor on to Pepper. Um, as the shit is happening, which is really cool too, and this slow motion effect thing, um, you get to see Pepper in the suit, which I really do like, and um, Maya Hansen from our flashback has mm-hmm. shown up to the house too, so she she saves her. Tony seem, seemingly goes down with the house into the water, but uh, he, I mean. His suit saves him literally by detaching itself from his hand and then giving him a hand to pull him mm-hmm. out of the water. Yeah. Um, everything about that is wonderful and still holds up. Well, you know, it's not wonderful is what follows because oh Lord, it then turns into basically the definition of this drags in the middle. No, <laughs> like, I get it. Like, okay, but. Let's move it along here. I don't need to spend time with the stupid fucking kid. Like, <laughs> and the movie makes it a point to like treat him as a stupid fucking kid. And he's a smart fucking kid. What are mm. you talking about? Well, yeah, just the trope. 
I mean, just the trope of like the kid sidekick who helps the hero and he's sort of the identification character. Like it's a, it's sort of a cliche thing. And not it, for it Cody, seems like it's not cliche. No, no, no. What I'm saying is for these types of movies, and it seems to be like poking fun at the just comic book cornball, you know, usage of, of the kid character. I disagree. Um, I think it's it's trying to make fun of that, and I, I like that it's making fun of that, but it also just feels out of place because it's not something that the Marvel Cinematic Universe films really do. So I'm like, it, it's, you know what? What are we doing is what I'm thinking. This is what we're doing Watching. with you. Okay. Y- y'all said it earlier that Tony needs some humanization. Like, he is traumatized from what happened in New York, he's already sacrificed his life, but he got away with that. And he's dealing with a lot. And here comes this kid. And then it's not like the way that Tony treats him is not overly sweet. I mean, he's kind of addictive. I mean, he calls him a pussy. <laughs> I mean, he really does. So, but the kid is, I, I don't find him stupid i don't find him annoying i think he's just, just the trope is stupid the character is is whatever but just that they did that in this movie is i thought a stupid but thing. what i mean mm. like i thought it really helped towards tony coming to terms with some things like he was struggling and the kid really did help him and took his you know it it did he though? I think he did. Yeah, yeah I, I think he did. I think because he I, saw himself in him a little bit. Yeah, like, he, you know, he's never one for kids. He, he empathized taught, but... with the child, and that's a big deal. And I think it also um, shows you how far I am in my travels. I think it sets up his relationship with a future yes. person in this universe as well. Yes. And uh, how he becomes protective. And I think some of that sh- shines out here, and that's where he discovers it. I liked it mainly because it felt like Rocky Four to me, uh, where he just goes <laughs> off to this like snowy land <laughs> in, in Christmas time and trains uh, and kind of refines himself. So it felt like Rocky in the cabin. Um, I never so know what you're going to say on these pods. And- <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> I like that. Funny I, I is, thought it was fine. I, I funny didn't. Because most of them, I actually, I actually know what he's talking about, and I kind of agree with him. I have to be honest. I didn't. It's funny that I disagreed with you a minute ago, and, and Jenny and I have disagreed tonight. But that part of the movie saved the movie for me. To be honest, we're going to be all over the place on it's, this one. I can. Yeah. it's very polarizing. This movie. But you know yeah. what? Too, I, I wasn't that far removed from watching um, Punisher, and it felt very much like the last Punisher season. I don't remember if it was mm-hmm. two or three. Mm-hmm. Did they do three? Two. Or two? Two. two. No, they did two. Where he's like hiding up in Michigan, where the fuck yeah, he is, yeah. and he's at the bar, and he's like in this tiny town, you know, in, early on in that season. Like, so it reminded me of that too. So I didn't mind it. I kind of liked him having a, you know, his house is blown up. Everyone thinks he's dead, and like he's on, you know, trying to figure shit out, and he goes to this tiny small town USA. Like, I don't know. I, I, I thought that was good. I thought it was relatable for him to have to go through that to find himself again. And it narrows everything down because Tony, um, he's in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. Um, his suit is busted. You know, he he can't exactly just be like calling for help. Um, everything's kind of gone to shit. So it forces him to focus on what he has and use what he has and get out of it the way that he can, which is everything that Tony Stark is. He's an inventor. He's a problem solver. And this is where he should shine. And he does. 
um, with the help of this little kid who touches him emotionally and helps him that's figure you, out. That's the part where you, where you lose. And helps him figure out what happens because he gives a lot of expository dialogue and <laughs> explains things um, and helps Tony out. So I just, I will never be convinced that the kid is a weak link in this movie. No, he's not. I don't think so either. I just didn't get any sort of real character growth or it didn't inform me in any way, like, or Tony's character in any way to me. Like it just, it seemed like an excuse to dump on the dumb kid sidekick <laughs> trick to me. That's all it came across as like an excuse to do that. I don't which, know why they keep calling him dumb. He's not dumb. That kid's not calling him a dumb. No family. You keep saying dumb kid. <laughs> Yeah, you are saying. I said dumb kid sidekick. The, the idea, like short the round, the concept, not the character. Is he short round? Because that's a dumb sidekick. But that's a different movie. So that's a different franchise. But uh, no, I, I, I mean, this is where I said that this isn't a an Iron Man movie. This is a Tony Stark movie, and that's why um, I. It, it sounded like in the beginning I was going to grade this movie very poorly, and I'm certainly not. Um, because I think this part of the movie is what saves it. Um, let's put it this way. My distaste or my frustration at how they butchered, in my opinion, his best villain felt better to me or kind of helped me feel kind of cushion that blow by the fact that we don't see the suit often. And we're actually seeing Tony needing to be Tony because unlike Cap and unlike Thor, and this is where I'll give Tony credit. Jenny thinks I bash Tony, but this is where I give Tony's character credit. Without the suit, he's just a guy with no with, with a piece of metal that could die at any minute. So here's a chance for Tony, the Tony character. That's why at the beginning of the movie we see him 20 years earlier or whatever, I guess what, 14 years earlier as a fucking scumbag. Now we're seeing him as, well, you know, just his personality. I mean, look, once a douche, always a douche, I guess. But at the t- you're seeing Tony being humanized because he's the only human Next to maybe like Natasha or whatever, some of the other side characters, but he's the only human of the bunch. I mean, Steve is, but Steve's got shit pumped in him, so he's kind of Hawkeye. He's Hawkeye, who is the Um, lamest character, yes. But um, but of the main players, Tony's the only one who's human. Main, I said. So no, I'm not counting Hawkeye. Main players. He's the only human. So this is the movie where we see Tony the human need to fix himself. And that's why, to me, that part of the movie saves it for me from being a complete bomb was that part of the middle. So, again, respectfully, Tim, I disagree. I think if it wasn't for that oh, part of the of the movie with him and the and the smart little hillbilly kid, um, we we don't get Tony's healing, which is really what this movie needed. Which is what, what this movie was about was Tony's healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that's I what mean, it is to me. The approach of tearing the hero down to build him back up is is one of my favorites in pretty much all mm-hmm. comics. Any any form of storytelling, really, I think it's great. Just comes down to a matter of execution for me. I did not care how they went about it mm-hmm. here, especially in that middle stretch. Um, of the film where it's, I don't know, it just felt slow and dragged and was frustrating to me. So 
All right. Well, he gets attacked we we were... while he's in the little podunk town. He gets attacked. Um, yeah. He's trying to figure out who's causing the bombings and all this nonsense. And then he comes across the chick, which I don't remember her name. Um, oh, one of the flunkies, basically. Yeah, the flunkies, basically. Yeah, the, um, a really inventive and fun fight scene with them. Alan Brandt. Because right. he doesn't have yes. any weapons. He's not yeah, Iron Man. Yeah, you see him fight as, as Tony having yeah, to fight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got like one of his repulsor gimmicks and that's it. Mm-hmm. I liked the uh, call out to Rocks and Oil here as well. I popped for that. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know, I know that. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Rock Shell song. Corporation. You can trace it all the way back. <laughs> hmm. Um, And then... Satire and... of the Exxon Corporation, by the yes, way. Yeah. Comics, comics not there. Yeah. Yep. So then he figures out that they're in Miami. The Mandarin is in Miami. Mm-hmm. He makes his way down there, and then he has to storm this fortress, like a little what, like a mansion, McMansion sort of place. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, using only things that he's made with his hands from a fucking hardware store. Very MacGyver. Yes. yes. Yep. Very, Very charming. Tiny. I love it. <laughs> Um and, and I like when they discover a manor and on the soundstage. Like, oh I my that god, I love that great. scene. Um, that was a really good reveal when they find out that Me he's too. there. It's like, what the fuck? And his name is fucking Trevor, which is great. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> Trevor, the actor, uh, just everything about it was great because he's such a fucking clown. Like, just like what you expect if you find out <laughs> this guy really, um. Acting, acting a fool, and uh, when Road shows up and Tony says it's embarrassing when they see Trevor, like yeah. fucking cowering or whatever, it was yeah. a really funny line. <laughs> he's just, like just so the, taken uh, aback, like what the actual fuck's happening right now? <laughs> yeah, I, I love Trevor. I love the henchmen too. Oh, of, oh my of, god, uh, the henchmen are great. Aldrich Killian, where yes. <laughs> after he he gets free, like. <laughs> they're like they totally changed their tune. He's so like, fast. I hate working here. They're so <laughs> These weird. Guys are so weird. <laughs> that, was, that was good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Pop me every time. <laughs> this movie is a joy to watch. I really do love it so uh. much. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have our huge. I mean, sort of never-ending <laughs> climactic. Well, we, we've got Brody. Okay, we're we're yeah, kind of sleeping Rhodes on a bit here. Why don't we... Also, we didn't mention, too, that... Did we mention Pepper got kidnapped and all this, too? Pepper got kidnapped and all this. Yeah, That happens, yeah. And she got... Right. And so she's been injected (laughs) with the extremist procedure. Mm -hmm. So she's going to turn into a bomb now. She's going to turn into a bomb, potentially. So that's a problem. But this is done so that now... Tony has an incentive to basically improve and perfect this technology, stabilize it so that she will live, mm-hmm. and uh, so that these guys aren't um, randomly blowing up. That'd be pretty good. And uh, yeah, and meanwhile, we have um, Rhodey with his plots. He's now rebranded as the Iron Patriot. That's fun. Uh, the vice president, apparently, is... Um, being blackmailed, I guess, or, or bribed, yeah. I should say, uh, into supporting Aldrich 
Killian. So, like, there, there's the quick shot of he has what a daughter, granddaughter, yeah, um, who could benefit, I guess, from this technology. Was she missing a leg or something? No, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, which they do a nice job of quickly establishing. So we know what the stakes are for him, and um, he's going to basically allow the president. To be captured on Air Force One, I'm kind of blowing through a lot of this plot because I don't know. Um, well, yeah, it's sort of a job. leap. It's sort of a leap, right, for this mm-hmm. Aldrich Killian guy who's he's insane all of a sudden. He's insane all the like he's an evil scientist, very cunning, but now he's like this world like conquering mastermind. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I mean, I get it. He's trying to control the presidency through the vice president, but it's just sort of like, it seems like a lot of trouble. Yeah, right? mean, well, that's his gimmick, though, <laughs> is controlling people through somebody right. else, like he yeah. does with the Mandarin. Yeah, yeah he's hiding he's, in the back. Right? Yeah, he's just step removed. Yeah, um, I know, like, puppet master. Yeah. He could get his technology over without having to do all that shit. Yeah, it's, but it's more know. fun this way. It's power. It is fun this Well, way. he's trying to be Tony Stark in a way, right? I mean, isn't right. that kind of what the whole thing is, too? Like, Tony blew him off back in the day, and now he's trying to one-up him, and Iron Man is kind of the the savior, every, the hero. Every the bad, country. every bad guy in this trilogy wants to be Tony. Stain yeah. doesn't want to be Tony. Same. So yeah, so it's this one's just. But he doesn't want to be Iron Man. He wants to be Tony. You know what I mean? He, like right. He he just wants to be the guy on top, controlling. Yeah, the, right. He made himself exactly. pretty. He made himself pumped up. You know, he just he just whatever wants to be the guy, but he doesn't have he wants- in him to be the front man. So he's just gonna control from behind the scenes. Yeah. He gets that he's not as smart as Tony, um, which I kind of appreciate. Um, and he wants Tony under his thumb, I think, more than he wants to be Tony. Yeah. yeah. Again, um, that sort of sets him apart, at least slightly, from a guy like um, Justin Hammer, mm-hmm. you know, who is just a, t- a total poser, wants to be Tony in every way. This guy, Killian, wants to one-up Tony. Like, he he wants to be able to control... Like you said, he's he's the puppet master. The master puppeteer, right? A stage of dreams. A stage of fools. <laughs> <laughs> dreams for me. Dreams. Well, fools. I mean, and it makes sense in that way that he went for Pepper, because that's what bad guys do. They go for the loved yeah. ones. So, um, he just went ahead and infected her and turned her into a bomb just to make tony bow down so i mean well to make well he wants tony to or he knows he can't finish the shit on his own yeah. so he wants tony yeah. to do it for him basically right. um so again trying to manipulate him the uh i, I liked the air force one stuff though that was like a, a terrifying mm-hmm. uh fight, fight and that save. was yeah and we get the avatar iron man like that was cool too where he's controlling it oh yeah yeah the remote that was, control that was, was cool I yeah like too when they do, yeah, the, when they the, jump out of the plane, and then he has to get them all. Mm-hmm. They're know. all monkeys, right? Yes. Yeah, that was insane. Very yeah. good. Very good. Well done. And Again, also, not a fight scene, but not no. like a action type scene, but still a very cinematic. Yes. Scene. Yep. Yes. No, you can tell they tried to do different stuff in this one, right? I mean, they're trying to make the third one different than usually with these movies. When you have like a trilogy like this, I feel like the first, the second one is where they go off course, and then the third one always goes back to the original because that's mm-hmm. what everyone wanted. Mm-hmm. But I feel like here, the the second was more like the first, and the third went different. Right. This is an interesting mm-hmm. direction they went. Thor's the same way too. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> 
And another cool aspect of this movie is all of the different types of actual suits because Tony has been not sleeping. He's been stressed out. So he's just been working, 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 making suits. So um, you get to see them destroyed and then he just jumps into another one and then he just jumps into another and like it's really, really cool um, how he calls the suits to him, how he gets into them mid falling through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool stuff like that. Um, and they've, they've earned it because yeah. they've established that he can build this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. build it in mass quantity. Like it doesn't feel like over the top for him. Like that's how well they've developed him as mm-hmm. a character and his intelligence and money and capabilities that he can actually create this shit. It doesn't feel like it's just, you know, foisted onto him. Uh, we also get another Roxon uh, reference here, as well as Madame Gao, which I loved because <laughs> it was like, oh, another person I know. What was the Madame Gao reference? It's in my notes, and I remember it. I couldn't tell you when or where because it was a while ago. <laughs> well, I missed it. <laughs> they definitely say Gao. Gao reference. Yeah. Hmm. Could be. I don't know. That because that... of Mandarin, hey, you I know guess, what? If, it... if I'm being racist, then that's the connection. If it tracks, it tracks. It might be one of those things wasn't there at the time, but mm-hmm. now you can draw that line. Um, I no, kind of wish I, heard. I have it in my notes, but I was trying to find I it. it. Um, I mean, there's lots of little nods, little Easter eggs mm-hmm. to comic stuff. So, uh, with the suits, I sort of wish we'd seen the suits do anything. Like they felt a little flimsy you know what i mean which maybe is the idea with you disposable, know disposable maybe that- yeah obsessively making these suits they aren't like top of the line necessarily mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it felt a little like eh, this is like, like this is a gimmick you know he's, he's jumping from suit to suit like i don't know um it's it's inventive but i just i wanted a little something more from it i guess what do you mm. think, Scott? Well, the suit was fine. Um, the climax with just the army of them, I thought it was really cool. And I liked the the remote aspect of it. One thing I will say, the, the, the climax at the end and with the, you know, the 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 eye beams and the un like the oil rig. I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was shot well. I will say one thing about all three of Tony's movies. They were all really the climaxes were all really great shot well. Uh, good CGI, good. So mm-hmm. what, what I will say, what Shane Black carried over from Favreau's thinking, even though I thought this movie was a little more cerebral than the first two, uh, he did put together a great scene with the with the suits and everything. And I thought, mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. No, I, I thumbs up for that part of it, definitely. We get to see the death of Pepper Potts, mm. um, seemingly, where she falls to her death into the flames. But since she was already infected with the <laughs> extremist, then yeah, she didn't die. Um, Comes back from that. She scares she, the shit out of Tony when she's like a fire monster coming out. That was awesome. Flame. She was all charged up on goop, man. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite Gwyneth Paltrow moment ever. Gooped up Gwyneth. And she <laughs> gooped up she, Gwyneth. <laughs> she basically finishes him, uh, uh, Aldridge. So um, she's pretty badass. And then she's kind of freaked out, you know. By the way, Trevor didn't really kill the oil guy, did he? When uh, <laughs> this is, really seemed like he did when he shoots him on the for the fake set. I thought he. I did. Don't know, did they ever? Did they ever rectify that? I don't know. I don't know. Probably it was a little tense for Trevor to kill a guy. Yeah. They probably told him it was loaded with blanks, and it 
it was real bullets and he did kill a guy, but didn't know. <laughs> I guess so. See seemed that. That, that part was intense. Um, yeah. I do like during this fight too. I like the, uh, Tony naming all the suits. Yes, me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the, yeah. Pe- the pepper, uh, the pepper stuff was like, I didn't actually think she died. So I didn't really get sad. I don't know. Like yeah. I thought it was a little obvious. She wasn't really yeah, dead. A little bit. Do it. Right. I don't know if anyone bit on it at the time, but, um, but the way they finished off Killian was good with them when they blow up the suit and Pepper finished them off. I did like that. Yeah, it was it was good. She gets a good moment. Yeah, sort I can't of. find this gal reference anywhere, so maybe I misunderstood. I, have to go back <laughs> mm. I could have swore they said something. I don't, I don't know. I wrote it down. I mean, I've seen this movie like eight times, so I don't you know. never picked up on it. <laughs> they definitely talk about rocks and oil. All right, that's there. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. that. Yeah. Very legit. Um, so we end things with Tony having the shrapnel finally removed yep. under uh, a proper medical supervision. <laughs> so he put that off a few years, but uh, mm-hmm. finally gets it taken care of. You know, if I'm being honest, that is the one yep. part of this movie that I don't like. I didn't okay. like it either. I'm, I didn't like it either. You know, I get it. Like, it's fine. But I kind of just want my Iron Man with the little thing in there, and it's fine. Like, he just wants to live his life. Don't I be know. selfish. I know. I can't help it. Why, could, why didn't he do it five years ago, then? Because he, he wasn't the, ready. Yeah. He wasn't ready to give it up. Mm-mm. He could have wore the suit without it. Well, you complained in Captain America that nobody explained anything, so why can't we explain that he could have done the suits without having a hole in his chest? Well, he did. He will. He did um, because he. Here's yeah. the thing. <laughs> I mean, it's part. It's basically completing his arc as a mm-hmm. character. Like this is we're done with Iron Man. Is what this movie is saying. Sure. Uh, I it, like it, this was all like an extension of his vulnerability. Like him building suits, even going back to the first movie, is is just sort of um, about him needing to feel a sense of control and power and there's all this psychological stuff driving it right Mm -hmm. and now like he's hobbled with ptsd and like all this trauma that he's lived through and he's working that out and he's finally decided i don't need the suits anymore um like i can i can be an authentic and powerful person without that Mm-hmm. And I'm ready to walk away from it all. And um, it definitely blunts that ending when we know mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch more mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony Stark Iron Man to come. Um, and, I mean, I like the idea of here's a superhero with PTSD. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's pretty compelling. You can do a lot with that. Uh, I just sort of thought that it felt a little shallow the way it was handled throughout this movie. Like it, I don't know. It was kind of undercooked for me, like started from a good premise and like, I didn't really, they didn't really sell it enough for me. Hmm. So did you know he was coming back later or at the time would, did this seem like it could be it for him? Okay. Yeah. I mean, we knew there were, this was, this movie was the start of, what would become phase two of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they'd mm-hmm. like announced a whole bunch, a whole slate of movies that were okay. coming. And we knew, like, with contracts, like so and so had it, 
however many movies left on their contract with Marvel Studios. So it was like, we knew this was not the last mm-hmm. we were going to see okay. of Robert Downey Jr. Well, again, he's just trying to show Pepper that he's changed. So, And, and what you see is like a shallow representation of PTSD. I just think it's the Tony version of it, not mm-hmm. shallow just covered up like he's pretending to be okay like he's trying to be okay he's working like doing everything besides the things that he used to do um to get through it and now he's working a lot and you know it's not shallow it's just him trying to deal in in the ways that he knows how and but he's more so the resolution was shallow for me he gives himself away in little ways you know um, just the fact that you see him have a panic attack a couple times in the movie, mm-hmm. I think is pretty big deal. Oh, um, I thought that was great. Yeah. But I mean, I think that he, I think that everything that happens in this movie helps to helps for him to cope, you know, because he has an outside, um, demon to fight. That's not an alien from space that haunts yeah. his nightmares, you know? But yeah, there's a lot to that. You know? Yeah, I don't know. It just the way they wrapped it up, put a bow on it, just a little too neat and pat, I guess. For me, it's a superhero movie. What do I want, right? But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it totally it didn't. Yeah, quite but it's not just like it's the first movie and they wrap up. I mean, it's a three story arc. Like it began yeah. the way it did and it ends here with the end of the story for him. So we think, but. Yeah. Is it like if they did this at the end of the first one and all wrapped up nice and but I, I feel like they you know they told the story that he's come a long way and he's saying okay I'm done like the whole story in the first two was that he was um started to become uh, like upset that's why he revealed himself as Iron Man right he was kind of obsessed and wanted to keep doing it like he didn't care about the ramifications he was empowered and he felt felt like he was making a difference and wanted to keep doing it and to keep doing it and now like he had to be forced to give it up because he realized that he cared about Pepper more. Like I don't know. I, I thought it was a fine ending to the three point three story arc of his personality and character. What do you think, Scott? No, I, I thought it was fine. Again, I, I mean the 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 lack of logic aside of the surgery. Um I get Tony specifically wanting to clean his slate now. Um he obviously knows the story's not over but um, at the time, let's put it this way, Jr. you were asking about, did we all know if more movies were coming? Uh, obviously, yes. But within this timeline, at the moment, Tony thought that the first, the Battle right. of New York was a one-time Avengers thing, yeah, and that was never done. happening again. So mm-hmm. if you, if you kind of suspend disbelief, kayfabe, if you will, then, yeah, Tony's like, all right, we did our thing. You know, Cap's off doing his thing, Thor's somewhere else. I'm good. We 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 had our one moment where they needed us all at the same time, and now I'm done. So, in that aspect, uh, I, I thought the ending was fine. Again, lack of logic aside as to why it took five years to have the surgery when he could have had suits without it. So, I mean, that, that part just irks me for some reason. But putting a bow on the end of it, sitting in the water and chucking the thing, and I thought it was very. I thought it was fine. Again, I think it. It it concluded the story of Tony as a human, which is why th- this movie is really good from that perspective, because um, Tony had a conscience that was buried deep inside him because of his fucked up family life and his lack of moral fiber. <laughs> and the plenty of examples we see of that. 
and as that grew, we see it at the end. And so I was fine with the end. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great way to conclude Tony's specific arc. And it was exciting at that time, knowing that there was stuff coming to what his role would become and how he would do what he did. Right. So I was, I was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the end. I, I thought it was, except for the, the, the surgery thing. I thought the end was good. I enjoyed that, it. That was teased by a post credit scene, um, which we see Tony pouring his heart out to um, a doctor that ends up being <laughs> Bruce Banner. And mm-hmm. Bruce just, bless his heart, he's nodding off um, while uh, Tony is just blurting out everything. And he's like, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not, yeah, psychiatrist. not that kind of doctor. Yeah. So great. It was so great. I love Mark yeah. Ruffalo. It was good. It, the scene itself in a vacuum was good, but I thought for the post credit scenes that we're used to, it was a little weak because it didn't really set us up for yeah. much of that. Yeah. Uh, that's I, all we got, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with well, that, but you're right. And I think that's the point. Again, JR, to get back to I know, it's supposed to be the end. Yeah. That, that's right. the thing. But could you imagine, based on what we've talked about through our journey here so far, could you imagine if that was Ed Norton sitting in that thing and, and oh, he has God. that look like, oh my God. What the fuck did you, what the it fuck might be better if it was Ed Norton. Could you imagine? I ask myself that a lot watching these movies with the Mark Ruffalo Hulk, like just going, man, what if they really had stuck with Ed Norton? Like this would be <laughs> totally different. Like this would, everything about this would be different. I think I so think different. Ed Norton should just be in the post credit scenes, <laughs> not in any of the movies. That would be great. He's a By the way, what a poor uh, Harley, the dumb kid's uh, parents think that Austin he has all this like multi million dollars worth of equipment in his shed. Uh, they just not his, ever check? I don't think they don't his care. parents care. Like his daddy went for cigarettes and never came home. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I identify with that. Don't be a Poor little boy. And but his mom seems pretty absent too. So you know, he probably just hid everything in the barn. Apparently, <laughs> made him dumb, right, Tim? <laughs> dumb parents painting dumb things dumb idiot kid <laughs> fuck him fuck them kids um <laughs> final thoughts before we um do some awards anybody got anything else um this movie hits different um, mm, i will say it that it sure does and does it hit different in a good way or a bad way? Uh, I'll reserve judgment for now. All uh, right. This is my final thought. <laughs> Not going to keep us waiting for long, though, because we got some no, more well, to get to. I'm going to keep the suspense for eight seconds. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Just get Look, we've got the... awards. We've got yeah, awards. We've got awards. All right. Uh, favorite or... character other than Iron Man? <laughs> The, the little boy, Harley. Yeah, Sorry. I'm gonna go with Trevor. Trevor, the actor. That's a good choice too. Little boy. I like how you call him Trevor and not the Mandarin. <laughs> Trevor. Hey, it's Trevor. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Trevor too. I like it. Uh. Best. Or the henchman. Or the henchman who think these guys are so weird. Yeah, I hate yeah, them. that's great. Uh, a favorite scene. Um, I really love Tony's house blowing up scene. I really love the um, out of the coming out of that airplane scene. Herding mm. cats in the sky. 
and I really loved the the last fight at the end. Yeah, I'll say the Air Force One and the Tony's House. Those are both really well done. Pepper. I will say the barrel monkey scene and the opening. I thought it was a really strong yeah, opening. I like the, opening the, too. the New Year's Eve party. Yeah. Pepper killing uh, Killian. Ah, yeah. It's good too. That was a build. That was a build, not just for Tony, but for her because, you know, he thought she was a. She thought he was a sleaze bag, so it was for her. It was her. It was her own personal satisfaction, and the fact that yep. you know he's drove you know pumped this shit into her. So mm. it was a good. It was a win. What for they Pepper. call in the industry as an earned moment. <laughs> earned moment. Goopy, Goopy Gwendolyn gets her earned moment. <laughs> a goop <laughs> moment. That's the se- goop, goop. That's the second candle. Goop. That's right. Uh, what else do we do? Least favorite. Do we do that? Character. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh. Everybody's actually pretty good in this. Yeah, I don't really have one that jumps out. No. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Iron Patriot name. Yeah. Okay. The name hmm. Killian. <laughs> Fuck that. The super smart kid sidekick. Uh, <laughs> Stupid trope. <laughs> what else do we do? Write him down. Fucking host. I know, that? I know. It's awful. <laughs> um, Overall yeah, grade. Mm. I don't remember what I gave Iron Man, but um, I'm giving well, Iron Man three and nine. I can tell you. I can tell you what you gave Iron Man. Right. You gave Iron Man. Eight. You gave it an eight. You're okay. right. So, yeah, Iron Man three is a nine. Somebody else go. <laughs> Oh, I believe I went eight on Iron Man one, eight and a quarter on Iron Man two, and you I went eight. eight and a half. Oh, on Iron Man two, okay, eight and a half, Plus you and then to... uh, eight and three quarters for this. Eight and three quarters. Yep, I feel like they all get incrementally better, and this was mm-hmm. my favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. Wow! And Jenny, you gave it a nine. A nine. I love this movie. I really, really do. The Christmas style. I'm a sucker for that. That's like an extra bump right there for me. Mm-hmm. Scott, uh, churning things back to reality. I gave it a three. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa! Uh, no. no, no, I didn't give it. A three. Fuck you! Um, no, I didn't give it a three. I'll have Hulk be the last. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, Scott has been replaced on the. <laughs> no, um, I gave both of the first two eights. I gave I, I gave one and two both eight. Um, uh, this one is solid. I don't – I only – the things I hate about it weren't enough for me to totally bury it. So I give it a solid seven. Mm. It's a solid seven. It's only a point below the other two. Um, I love Pe- – I like Pepper in this movie a lot. I like Tony more than in the other two. I love little, the little uh, kid. Um, I hate Guy Pierce. I hate the whole Mandarin thing. But I did like the climax at the end. So it had its ups and downs, but the ups – definitely outweigh the downs for me. So a solid seven. All right. So you like little boys and climaxes. Got it. Uh, Tim, where are you at? Uh, how am I going to follow that? Um, I actually, I will say this. I actually talked myself up from my initial grade. And this is where I just bring some of my baggage. I think as a comics fan, baggage. And as somebody just baggage, <laughs> That's a good. That's a good usage of the 
<laughs> anyway, um, just as a comics fan and as as somebody who's seen and uh, endured a lot of bad comic book movies, this felt like one that I don't know was sort of self was a little bit defensive. I'll I'll say like it wanted to be better than like a corny dopey comic book movie but comic book movies already were better than that you know what i mean like Mm, mm. it seems to exist in a world where we didn't already have like pretty good superhero movies Mm. so it kind of comes off as too cool for school to me i think is what it comes down to and that may be like just a shane black thing um i don't even know that it's intentional but that's like my read on it, I guess, and and that's a total, like I said, bringing baggage to the table, seeing shitty superhero movies, and then seeing better superhero movies who like wanted to distance themselves from that as much as possible. So it just feels, and this is where I say it hits different from other movies in the MCU. Um, didn't totally land with me, so I am going to give it a six. What? A six. Wow, and I thought I was rough. You're going to break know. my balls now? Like I said, I talked my, I, I, this is me talking myself up. I used, to, I used to think this was the worst movie in the series. <sighs> I really did, and I don't think that anymore. I remember you defending this movie. Do I not, or do I not? No, okay. no I don't think you did. <laughs> I've never been a big defender of this one. Okay. Um, all right. So I'm my, higher on it now than I've ever been. Well, that's I mean, good. I mean, I've been a good influence on you. I think so. at one point you had it lower than a six. Jesus. I did. I was going to go five. Ooh. No, wow. it's better than five. Mm, yeah. Cause it's a nine. So our rankings to the state one through six, number one, Iron Man three, number two, Iron Man, number three, Iron Man two, uh, number four, Captain America, number five, Thor, number six, Hulk. Scott. Mm. Um, Iron Man and Iron Man 2 are tied with eight. I think that's uh, a cop out, but okay. Um, uh, Captain didn't know there were fucking rules. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Captain, Jesus, fucking idiots. Captain America, the first Avenger, seven, seven, five, seven and three quarters. Avengers seven and a half, Thor seven and a half, Iron Man three seven, and Incredible Hulk five and a half. You only get to tell me shut up if you're choking me out at the same time. So, uh, Choke? Tim, yeah. what you got? Okay, from best to worst, I have Avengers at a ten, then Iron Man at a nine and a quarter, then Captain America. Fuck, Avengers weren't. Wasn't on my fucking list. Uh, go ahead. Uh, you can you can redo yours. So, Avengers ten, Iron Man nine and a quarter, Captain America the first Avenger eight and three quarters. Then I have Thor at seven and three quarters, Iron Man two at a solid seven. Apparently, I have Iron Man three at a six. And then Incredible Hulk at a four. Hmm. So this is this is much better than Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I don't know what I was thinking putting this below 
Incredible Hulk <laughs> at one point in my life. Nothing is Me better either. than no, nothing. Incredible Hulk is not better than anything. Let's just go ahead and get that out. Of the way. <laughs> well, mate. Well, depends on the in the MCU. Depends well, on the <clears throat> Justin. Uh, I had Avengers as the best at nine. I guess this, I think, is my second best at eight, seven, five. Iron Man three, Iron Man two, at eight and a half. Iron, uh, and then I have Iron Man at eight, Thor at eight, Captain America seven, seven, five, and then Stupid Hulk at four. <laughs> Tim, what did I give Avengers? You gave Avengers eight and a quarter. Yeah, so. I guess I have Iron Man 3 over that. Mm. Well, that's fine. I'm good with it. I mean, I was super high on Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you were. You gave it a 10, so yeah. I gave it a 10. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I guess that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, good. I got it. Good show. Anybody Fun got show. anything you want to plug? Scott, what you got going on? Uh, you can uh, check me on Twitter at PTB Podfather. I am on this feed with this show, and I am on the Place Be uh, Nation Wrestling feed, Place Be Nation Pop feed, and uh, yeah, plenty of shows on all of those. So check them out. Tim, well, our family of podcasts here at the mm-hmm. Jenny Position and Place Be Nation, Place Be Nation Wrestling, Place Be Nation Pop. We've been doing a good number of live podcasts now here suddenly mm-hmm. in these mm-hmm. harrowing days yeah. that we are living in. But the one thing we can still do is podcast. So we've been leaning into podcasts. Jenny, you as an influencer really mm-hmm. blew the lid off of that with your live edition of the Jenny position. You have done as of this recording, two live shows. For the Jenny position, which you can tell the folks more about, but um, I made appearances on both of those, which I was very happy to do. A lot of fun. Um, laugh in theater as well uh, with our good friend Andy Atherton for Place Me Nation Pop. Uh, you and I, Jenny, were on <laughs> the Naked Gun <laughs> live watch. We were. Which. We think, did that actually get released? It um, will, yes. By the time you hear this, that, that should be Okay. Good. Well, all right. I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. but Yeah, I don't know if anybody wants to listen to that, but it sure is there. Right. Right. Um, on Place We Nation Wrestling, you and I, Jenny, co-host two shows. In fact, talking WCW with our great longtime personal close friend, Greg who, Phillips. Who loves Iron Man 3. Um, does he? Yes, I think he kind of does. He does. I know who doesn't, though. I also know who doesn't, yes. Yeah, his hetero life mate. Mm. Um, we do PTB NXT on Place Me Nation Wrestling as well Mm -hmm. with, not Greg Phillips, not Nick Duke, but (laughs) Jacob Williams. (laughs) So, uh, check those shows out. And you can follow me on Twitter at Psyche68CYKE68 Twitter Machine. Justin? Uh, at JT the Pod Guy on Twitter, which I'm told is a narcissistic handle um, by someone. 
Uh, also, of course, the Place to Be podcast, the Body Press Your Luck, and the PlayStation Wrestling feed, and just subscribe to the North South Connection uh, Network as well. If you just search that on any podcast app, you get a bunch of my other shows, along with Chad Campbell and some other stuff we got going on daily. Who told you it was narcissistic? That'd be Aaron George on Noel's. Aaron Bar- George mm-hmm. did, yeah. Meh. Ironic. <laughs> yeah. Aaron George has um, two first names, um, mm-hmm. so I don't. I think his Which opinion pretty much just cancels out. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, unless your name's Aaron Samuels. Um, so that's not a hot guy name. <laughs> <laughs> I love how when Tim does his plugs, they're like automatically plugs for my shit too, because we do so many podcasts yeah, together. Yeah. We we can't quit each other, Tim. Um, we're podcast gold together but you can find me on uh, Twitter at Jenny Position Facebook page Jenny Position leave a review uh, rating Um, bunch of shows on there to listen to I have a new show that has joined my feed it's called the Brother Sister Rewatch podcast they are rewatching all of the episodes of The Office right now they're in season 5 so they're a new addition I've been Editing their show for like six months, and um, I finally just got them. You just you just annexed their show. It's, I mean, it's not a new show; it's existed, right? Yeah, for some it's, time, it's but sort of in syndication it. because they also have their own feed. But I just really love them it. and their show, and I work on their show, so I was like, you know, I kind of want them on the feed. So oh, talked yeah. to them about it, and they were they were good with moving over. So that's what we did. Um. Also, other shows on there, Geek and Sassy, Freak Out Drive-In, Telling Stories, hopefully, soon, and um, Bianca's Tell, First Time, <laughs> and uh, the Place of Nation wrestling stuff that Tim mentioned, including Jenny and the Gems, which I do not do with Tim, but I do do no. with Scott. So, do-do. Uh-huh. Um, do-do. <laughs> also, there is a, I'm, I'm uh, like everywhere, but there's um. A feed called The House of D, and uh, I did Rex Manning Day with him. I did, we watched um, Empire the Records. House of D? Yeah, it's called The House of D, and that's who I learned the live podcast from. <laughs> um, that's who I learned live podcast podcasting from because their format was like weird. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, oh, it's live. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. So that's what got me hooked on that. Anyway, we did um, we watched Empire Records. That was good, so give them a listen. And that's it. We'll see you next time on the next leg of the journey.
Just 